You are listening to the Big Tree Mind podcast. I'm Lana Lantos. I am a registered psychotherapist in Toronto and a mindfulness and meditation teacher. I would like to welcome Carmelinda DeMano to the show. Carmelinda is a longtime DJ and a yoga teacher. She's a practitioner of the emotional freedom technique, and she's a conscious DJ having taught and practiced all around the world. I will share more about Carmelinda, but I first want to tell you a little bit about this episode and why I find it so important. I think that we've all had times in our lives where we're trying to figure out what works best for our routine. We're trying to figure out what kind of therapies we need, how do we manage our anxiety or stress, what we need to give up, or what we need to bring more of into our lives. Obviously, this is a very personal journey and everyone is different. This episode is really about the paths that we follow while we're trying to figure things out. I learned a lot from Carmelinda's practical and lived approach, and she shares what has worked for her and for her anxiety. We also talk about appearances and what things might look like, for example, on Instagram, and what it actually might take to do this difficult work of allowing ourselves to find our path to healing. I don't always use the word healing. I think that we all have pain that needs to be integrated and healing does suggest there's something that needs to be fixed. But in the context of finding more nourishment in our lives and in our bodies, I'm using the word heal. As far as this journey and kind of how it began for me, I I was really young and interested for some reason. I can remember as as early as 12 as being really intentional around learning about energy and learning about um, spirit, faith, um, reading books that would cultivate a greater sense of understanding of God. And I use that word and I know it's kind of taboo and I don't care Um, (laughs) because I feel like we're we're censoring so much. Um, And for me, that's the language I use. But I understand that there's a difference around our relationship with that word. But for me, it's I use that word. Um, so I started really young, like just wanting to understand that uh, prayer has always been a really big part of my life. And I think that I grew up very sensitive, like extremely sensitive to mm, the energies around me. And when I say energy, I'm talking about the energy of people, you know, um, getting a sense of like, how my mom was feeling even when she wasn't talking about it and you know being really overly concerned I think as a kid um if there was conflict in the environment around me for example like I had a very heightened kind of nervous system response to that um so there was no getting away from it I I just it's what it's just human behavior um what it means to be uh, in a healthy state as far as your nervous system and how that how that impacts your response to life and the things that happen in our lives that became an interest to me really young so i explored it in reading and conversations and the stuff i was engaging in but then but then i had a lot of anxiety i had a tremendous amount of anxiety when i was probably 16 17 like full on panic attacks before this was really something i would say was part of the mainstream dialogue and friends were talking about yoga so i started going to hot yoga classes and the one thing that i 
definitely knew was that when I practiced more frequently, I was calmer and I slept better because I had really bad insomnia basically my whole life. So I got hooked because it was there was evidence that it was actually helping. And I expanded on that by studying, thinking that I would just deepen my own practice. I thought I was going to be like a person that like floats, you know, I was like, if I do a yoga teacher training, those people are so evolved. They're not stressed. I obviously had a very false understanding of what would uh, come of that, but um, it inspired me. And I've just been engaged in this experience with so much fascination, like feeling energy in a room when I'm leading a class, the sense of unity and community, the way that people's guards drop, how beautiful they look when they're in that space of just being with what is, um, whether it's, let's call it positive or negative. I just find it so beautiful. Uh, so that's, that was sort of the more, you know, earlier days of the work. And, and then it got deeper. And in the last couple of years, since the pandemic, I studied EFT and was able to now go even further into being with people with, you know, whatever it is that they're navigating. Emotional freedom technique, I would describe as this incredible modality that, you know, psychotherapists are using, uh, people in the realm of addiction recovery, people in the realm of, you know, working with individuals with PTSD, for example, are using, and essentially you're tapping on acupressure points. So on your own body, Right. So when I'm in a session with someone, I'm tapping, they're tapping on our own upper body and face while talking about things that we're challenged by at the moment or that we're looking to create change around. So the theory is that, you know, behind any thought, behind any physical sensation, behind any habit, it's energy. So like acupuncture, you're tapping on those acupressure points to connect with the energy behind the thought, the sensation um, or the emotion. So it's a beautiful, it sort of looks like you're blending, let's say CBT uh, with acupuncture wow. in, a very ba- in a very basic way, I would explain it like that. But it is going deeper with people. I've always been really comfortable being in the space of vulnerability with people. And I think through the relationships formed over the years through yoga and, and that community, I've had, I've had like it really intimate kinds of exchanges with people. And that's been so beautiful, but really just organic. You know, now sitting in this seat of this is a structured type of protocol, it changes things a little bit and it makes me feel an even greater sense of responsibility of how I show up and how I hold space because it's sensitive, right? A lot of the times Mm -hmm. people are talking about things that are pretty sensitive. So I feel honored that people trust me I feel really honored. And then there's this space of like reminding myself that, you know, that I'm human, um, that there's only so much, you know, I can do, but, you know, and need to recharge in between and stay grounded myself. And Mm. this practice of um, really not trying to control the outcome. I think when you're holding space with people like this, it's, it's not about advice at all. It's not like sitting with a friend where your instincts might be to just you know, at times give advice. It's really not about that. I'm trusting the process and letting the cognitive shifts surface for them without trying to direct it because I have no idea what the outcome's supposed to be, you know? So it's it's really it's really beautiful and it's like I said, it's a very humbling process. I'm curious about your way of 
uh, connecting with God or talking to God or talking to yourself. I'm so happy to talk about that. Well, you know, first thing, I start my day uh, with ritual um, or practice, however you may call it. I do breath work. So my first thing is to sit and do breath work. I studied Kundalini yoga. So there's just like endless, endless uh, breath techniques to play with and explore with different intentions. It's very um, a prescriptive kind of practice. Um, So I, I do breath work every day. And for me, that's like taking a toothbrush to my brain. Like I literally feel like I'm not awake until I do it. And I try to make sure that it's very dynamic breathing. So literally start my day with that. Um, following my breath work, I always uh, move into prayer. Uh, that's my anchor to start the day. My prayer is very personal. I don't recite like scripted prayers. I'm just having a dialogue uh, with God and I'm you know using, using a lot of visualization. So I went to an art school as a kid and I'm so grateful that I did. And my drama teacher used to do creative visualization with us. So I got really familiar with the concept at like 14 years old with, you know, visualization for everyone I love or whatever causes are happening in the world that I care about at the moment um, that have my attention. I do a lot of visualization. So that's my start. I always do that. I study A Course in Miracles. So I read a reflection every day and that's my anchor. You know, I feel like they're always applicable uh, reflections. So in a moment of feeling perhaps a little bit triggered. Sometimes it's a thousand times in a day and sometimes it's just twice a day. Um, I work with the reflections. Uh, That's my daily practice. And then as far as movement goes, movement is is a huge part of my life. I see it as uh, an opportunity to move energy. So, you know, I speak about this in my classes, whatever you've showed up with, it's okay. Use this as an opportunity to create not a forced change, but to allow yourself to process what is in your system through movement, through breath, through simplifying the activity. You know, we're busy, our minds are stimulated, our environments are really, really um, intense, oftentimes, sometimes frenetic. We're in this simple space of just body, breath, and and for the most part, um, a supportive community. So I, I move a lot, whether that is a yoga class, whether that is a weight training class, which I'm just so into right now, uh, doing like actual weight training. I just feel like it's a, a very grounding thing to do. So actually working with weights different than yoga. I feel like it's getting me tapped into this kind of like strength. And so that's a big part of my life and nature, just being in nature as much as I can you know, taking my dog and and like consciously getting out into a path where there's a lot of trees, you know, as much as I can do that. And I would say that's a description of my daily kind of rituals and practices. I'm currently on like uh, week seven of a Michael Brown book called The Presence Process. And you, you practice these breathing exercises twice a day, and it brings you deeper into presence. Most likely it plugs you in the way that, that Kundalini breathing would in the sense that it's active conscious breathing Mm -hmm. you don't stop the breathing you keep going for 15 minutes and um another practice that i did uh post having a baby and like really feeling very far from myself was um this book called the artist's way 
So you do three pages of of writing each morning and you take yourself on artist dates and it really touches upon the inner kid, connecting to the inner kid. And when I talk to people sometimes, like not often, but when I mention the things that I do, I get the sense a little bit that people get like overwhelmed, like, like which one do I do today? Which practice should I do today? Like, do mm -hmm. I do the breathing or do I do the yoga or um, should I be like working out every day? Do you have any advice for people who just find the whole thought about connecting to themselves like overwhelming or too mm -hmm. much? Yeah, I think it can be daunting when you look out and maybe even hear people speak about all of their rituals and practices. And I think the way I just described mine might sound like, wow, that's a tremendous amount. Um, but I but I think what, what's really important to know is that you design it to suit you. And designing it to suit you might mean your breath work is three minutes in the morning, not 15. It might mean you do yoga as a scheduled thing three days a week and not every day. But really tuning into what's sustainable for you that balances, I believe, a sense of discipline uh, without rigidity. I don't, I don't want to promote rigidity because I think then um, we're back in that same zone of like constantly feeling like we have to do and achieve and then there becomes this gauging potentially of, you know, are we successful at it or not? But I think if we can come to a, a, a simple little regime, let's call it, of, of rituals or practices and then build on it if we have the capacity. So maybe you, you, you know that starting your day, getting out of bed and moving into like rush mode is, is not going to be conducive to feeling calm. Then maybe that's a good time for you to have some rituals. And maybe it's, like I said, three to five minutes of breath work and, you know, three to five minutes of journaling uh, or prayer or meditation, keep it simple and then build on it. You know, the last thing I would want anybody to do is like overload their plate and then not be able to sustain it and feel like they've failed at it. And then there's this shame or guilt that can come with that. Working within the capacity of your time and your, and your energy level. Yeah, there's something really uh, powerful about what you're saying because you know I have this theory now that we're all sort of buzzing and that you know even the most present people that I know need some time to sort of drop in mm -hmm. and to just kind of um, we're so stimulated so stimulated a collective nervous I feel like we have this we each have a nervous system but I I, I trust that there's this collective um, almost like nervous system, this external stimulation is affecting everybody. I completely agree with you. And I'm observing it a lot in my classes, the effects of that. I think it's become more and more important for us to be able to drop into real time. And, you know, when I'm like referring to real time, I mean, the way of nature, I mean, the Tao Te Ching, I mean, you know, whatever whatever you want to call it, the flow and being able to drop into that flow actually requires a pause. I think that a lot of people, including myself, are noticing that uh, dropping in or really letting go or going into deeper states of relaxation 
feels a little uh, less accessible. But the good news is, and I'm and I'm not trying to be like a, you know, exaggeratively positive. I genuinely believe this from the bottom of my heart. As I think we're being called to actually really hold space for ourselves to recondition ourselves and our nervous systems and how we do that again it's personal but for me you know i actually think yoga is a really good way you know we're practicing these pretty stimulating postures for the first half at least i think a lot of people need because they're so revved up i think saying to somebody like hey you're showing a lot of symptoms of stress and worry and anxiety so i think you should just be quiet meditate silently do some deep breathing and, and and you should be fine i think that that's like torture to some people's nervous system and can be um actually really detrimental like the the cortisol release and the adrenaline through forcing themselves to be still is dangerous so to have these exercises practices whether it's jogging whether whatever it might be to kind of expel that energy i think is really important to then be able to drop into rest and a more parasympathetic state i think we have to sort of let some of that go first and that's why i find dynamic breathing really helpful because it because it does that for me i always think about the the before and after yoga practice the before Mm -hmm. and after the yoga teacher shows up to teach the class and they have this like really nice time and then there's this like Uh, this like leftover of wanting to know that person better wanting to be around that person being curious about who they are do you ever find that people have some sort of expectation of you as a person because your energy is so lovely and it's like so pleasurable you know to be around you i think it's such an important conversation um and i really appreciate you bringing it up i think it's Uh, Something that makes me really uncomfortable is, you know, human beings deifying, you know, other human beings or putting people on a pedestal. It really makes me uncomfortable to observe. It makes me really uncomfortable um, when I get a sense of that being kind of projected onto me. I I don't have a bad reaction as far as a, a sort of judgment. Um, I, 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 it's sweet and it's, and it's tender and it's, um, charming and i see the sincerity in it but i just really want to remind people all the time um that there is there is no one that can take out of your experience um you know the suffering that one might be going through like that is really a personal journey um so so i i try to continually remind people that you know the healer is in you uh, if anybody's in a position where we can hold space for others, it's a, it's um, something to feel honored to be able to do. But by no means do I ever use the language of like healer, for example. Um, so I try to, when I recognize those kinds of projections, I try to create not a not a wall up kind of um, separation from the person that's not at all what i try to do i i actually become really conscious of saying or energetically moving into a space where it's understood um, that i see you as you know strong and powerful and capable as much as i would hope and trust for myself so I, i i try to place that reminder somehow in the exchange I really think it's our responsibility as people mm-hmm. that that do work with especially you know groups where there's this kind of um, um, 
you know, this thing around being, you know, popular and really liked and, and, and maybe giving the impression that, that you have it all together. Um, I think it's really important that, that we stay grounded and that we don't um, project that kind of messaging because I've seen people really let down. Can you tell us a little bit about where people can find you, how they can reach out to you, how they can learn more about you and, and everything that you offer? I really appreciate that. Um, so I have a website and it's just my name. It's carmelindademano.com. And on there you can find, you know, some on-demand classes that I, that I've uh, put up on videos that are ranging from like kundalini breath work to body art fitness classes and yoga all of the things that i love um, as far as the modalities that i offer and you can get in touch with me there thank you so much for joining me this week i hope that this episode inspired your own ritual practices and some ways that you could easily connect to yourself and to your own process if you haven't already, please feel free to check out my current offerings at BigTreeMind.com and my psychotherapy practice information at LanaLantos.com. 